Hi, my name is Mark, and welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is where we have conversations about house church, microchurch, and what it looks like living the everyday mission of Christ. Welcome again to the Living Room Podcast. This is Mark, and it is good to be back in the living room with you. We have a very special episode, or at least a special episode for me personally, because of the guests we have in today's episode. Two young men sitting next to my uh, next to me on my left here today, uh, who are very dear to my heart. Um, I am the only one in the on the planet that gets to refer to these two guys as my sons. So I'm super excited to have my boys Grant and Luke in uh, this episode of the Living Room Podcast. So um, today, really, our theme is going to be focused on growing up house church. And we're going to hear a little bit from them and their journey of what it's like, uh, what it's been like for them to kind of grow up in an organic micro church, house church kind of situation. And um, But before we dive into some of the questions, boys, super excited for me to have you guys here. And um, we'll just take some time now for you guys to introduce yourselves, kind of tell everybody uh, how old you are, what you're, where you're at in school, that job, whatever. So Grant, we'll start with you. Yeah. Uh, hi, guys. I'm Grant. I'm the eldest. I am 22 years old. Um, I'm currently a junior online at the University of Cincinnati Claremont. I'm studying Business of Technical and Applied Studies. Um, so yeah, uh, other than that, I'm, I work at, um, Asurian right now. I'm a remote technician. I fix phone screens. Um, that's kind of it. Um, travel all over the place, right? Doing that. Uh, yeah, I drive pretty much all over, (laughs) all over Kentucky and Cincinnati and yeehaw land of both States. So yeah. Yeah. And you've been doing that for how long? Oh man. Um, I mean, that's a good question. I got hired, I think it was spring of last year right so probably about a year and three four months now so okay yeah cool luke um well you said my name i'm luke i am the second eldest um i am 19 i turned 20 in about a month uh i currently am working at meridian bioscience in newtown ohio uh i'm in order processing customer service so basically take calls customer complaints and then process orders to ship out hospital supplies so that's pretty pretty cool i'm studying biblical studies at uh the university of liberty online woohoo all right it's like online school for the win that's good (laughs) yeah so so before we jump into um house church and your experience with that and, and let me just say this too um, episode three, I shared um, an episode in the podcast about our journey as a family of uh, heading over to Ireland, the Republic of Ireland, where we lived for two and a half years and, and doing mission work over there. And so we'll get into that a little bit. I think it'll be interesting to hear from the boys' perspectives um, what that was like as far as living as a family on mission from their perspective. And then also, um, so we, so that was episode three. You can go back and listen to that story uh, for a little bit of background if you want. But today we're going to spend time, as I said, hearing from them and, and just kind of their perspective, what it's been like to live on mission, specifically in, in a house church kind of, kind of format. But before we do that, what's something about our family that, um, you know, just kind of stands out to you guys? Maybe a fun family memory or something about our family that um, we can publicly share with those listening to our living room keywords podcast. that we can publicly yeah, that, share. That's, that's, the, that's exactly <laughs> that's, what I was thinking. That's why I said that. So. We all love uh, Jesus. Play. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a good one. Good answer. So, what's anything come to mind? Maybe a fam- fun family memory or something that we've enjoyed doing over the years. Uh, Your silence is killing me. Like nothing. The first thing that my my mind goes to is the most embarrassing moments. Like those are the ones that stand out the most. Yeah. Okay. All right. Can you share one of those publicly? Like, is that cool or? Uh, that's I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know. Um, Yeah. By the look on Grant's face, no, we're not going public with that embarrassing moment whatever it is that you're thinking grant doesn't want to get canceled yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no i want to i want to be able to come back if i want to so yeah okay yeah that's good 
So anything, anything about our family, whatever, to help people understand a little bit of the family dynamic and or whatever. What's it been like growing up in the Jones household? I mean, I can kind of speak to just like, I, I don't know, just kind of like the overall dynamic in the house currently. Okay. I mean, cool. Excuse me. Uh, preference. I had a smoothie, so I'm still kind of working through that. But uh, thank you for sharing. Yeah, that. you're welcome. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, I don't know, like, currently, I don't know, you, you just got, like, I, I think we have a really good family dynamic. I think we all get along pretty well. Has it always been like that? Absolutely not. Uh, there was, no. there's definitely been time, you know, where the age gap, I think, between us siblings was very noticeable um, in terms of, like, you know, we were all in kind of different stages of life, but now it's like, yeah, we're, we, I feel like we all seem to get along really well. Me and Luke, I think, are especially are really, really tight. And just for those of you listening, when he talks about age dynamic, there's two and a half years between Grant and Luke, the oldest, obviously the boys, and then the girls, Aislinn and Kate, they're 15 and 13, so there's about two and a half years between the two of them. But between Grant and our youngest, Kate, there's like, what, almost 10 She's years. 13 now, right? Yeah, yeah, so eight, about years, not, eight, nine, ten years, whatever, between the two of them. So anyway, that's a little bit of an age gap, but... Yeah, any, anything, Luke, you got to say? Yeah, I mean, definitely the way that, like, I always remember there's a memory of us sitting around the table. I don't know how long we did this, but we used to have, like, a verse that we'd put on the fridge. Yeah. Uh, and the goal was by the end of a week to to try to memorize that verse. I just remember, like, going around and, and like, just studying this verse so that I could, could learn it. Yeah. And I always, like, that kind of describes a lot of like what our family has tried to do is mm-hmm. is have like intentional time with God, uh, whether that is through praying or through studying the Bible or just like little stuff, like, you know, memorizing scripture. So that's kind of something that for me has really stood out. Cool. Do you guys remember when I tried to encourage you guys to ha- read your Bibles on your own? Like I made those little cards and like punch cards. And then if oh you, my gosh. if you got 10 punches, like I took you to family Christian bookstore and you got yes. like a, I think the problem was the prize was family Christian bookstore. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was like, maybe a McDonald's Happy Meal would yeah, be nice yeah. every so yeah, often. I didn't, I didn't do too well on the prize there, but do you remember that throwback? Though? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's forever I have a, yeah, I have a vague yeah. memory of some sort of punch card. I don't remember like the, yeah. the specific details. He taught us how it. a loyalty program works very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, that's good. I appreciate you guys sharing. Anything else before we move on? As far as family, family dynamic, lots of laughter in our home. Um, lots of music. Lots of music. music yeah. yeah, there's a lot going on with that. So um, as I said at the start, I'm just really excited to have these guys here and for you guys to hear from them. And um, I want them to be completely open and honest. I mean, our family, I'm very thankful for our family. I'm you know, obviously we are not perfect in any shape or form. And there's been a lot of family times around the table where people have been sent to their rooms and where mom and dad should have been sent to their rooms <laughs> as well. But uh, but very thankful to the Lord and his grace over, over our lives. And um, But man, let's just jump in, fellas, and think about the time in Ireland, right? You, Grant, you were how old when we moved to Ireland? Do you remember? Um. We moved in, was it July oh, se- or June? Oh, se- June of 07. Okay, so, so I would have just turned eight. Eight. I would have just, I just had my hand. And I was, I was five. So Luke was five. So let's talk a little bit about that. And I don't know what your memories are like, even, you know, going back, you know, 10, 12 years or so, but what was it like for you guys in those two and a half years to just begin to transition from, you know, hey, we're living life in the States, traditional kind of church mindset and flow of life to now we're missionaries. You know, what what was that like? Any memories that you have of what that was like for you as a kid in that kind of culture and in that kind of environment, missionary environment? I mean, I, I don't remember too much of like the shift uh, of going from America to Ireland just because I was so young, like I don't even remember right. people having accents, so I, everyone just sounded the same. I just remember like that was totally, you know, normal. Mm. So I don't remember too much of just the shift. It was just some like it was just kind of like the next step. Yeah. Okay. Grant, anything from so, you? So, I I remember Ireland fairly vividly, but I think part of that is just because I'm older. I mm-hmm. I was older at the time. Um. I think, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, that's where I feel like I really began to see our family, like, 
from a mindset of now I'm old enough to kind of understand a little bit, sure. really see us living on mission hmm. daily was when we moved to Ireland. Because, you know, not to say that you and mom weren't doing that already, but wow, like when we moved to Ireland, that was like, wow, okay, we're really like all in on this. Um, we're really all in about spreading the mission of Jesus. We're so much so that dad, dad came in as like, I think we're God's calling us to Ireland. Like, okay, we're moving. <laughs> um, so yeah, I feel like that's where I really first started to see us being intentional about living on mission. Well, I think like I, I could see it, right? Like I could see when we'd have people in our homes, but I never really thought of that as like back then as living on mission. Like that's what mm-hmm. living on mission looks like. I just saw it and I lived it. So even like, I, I don't even remember, like, I can't even remember when I found out that the reason you were, we were in Ireland is like you could start a church. I think it was after we came back from Ireland. <laughs> That right. I figured that out because I was just so young. Like, sure, I never, right. I was never involved in that stuff, and and so like I I saw it, but I never would have like considered back then. Okay, this is what living on mission for God is like. I knew it was something like it was a calling from God, but I never would have seen it as okay. We're living on mission. This is what on mission is. Yeah. yeah so okay, that's an interesting thought. So. As you guys are bringing this out, let me ask this question then. So now looking back at how we lived life in Ireland, what? how would you answer the question? So based upon how we lived life there, what's it look like to live on mission? What are some things that kind of come to the surface for you as you look back on how we live life there? What Does that question make sense? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I said it made sense, so I should probably say, <laughs> like, answer it. That'd be good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go for it. Um, it's being really intentional. I mean, it's all about relationships. I know that, um, you know, it is important to share the gospel with somebody. Well, h- how are they supposed to listen if they don't even know who you are? Mm. You're just saying these random words uh and they're just supposed to just get it like and some people do like in that it's awesome when that happens but majority of the time if you're gonna share christ with somebody you should have like a relationship with that person and so i have learned that like now if i'm going to share the gospel with someone or or live on mission i'm gonna build relationships like that's gonna be the first thing that i do because like who am i to tell them like this random stranger about who God is and why are they supposed to believe me if they can't even trust me? Mm-hmm. So like, I would just say like living on mission to me is okay. I'm going to build relationships. I'm going to be intentional with people. It may get awkward. It may be weird, but I'm going to do it because that's what God has called me to do. And this is like, it's for a bigger purpose. It's not just, you know, sharing the gospel and getting out. It's sharing the gospel, discipling, building relationships and training them to build more disciples. So, let me drill down on that a little bit and ask both of you. So think back to those days in Ireland. Give me some examples of what that looked like. Cell group. Okay, talk about that. So as you feel free to correct me if I'm I will. off a bit because I, I remember a lot, but I was still eight. Um, from what I understand, it was kind of like you guys had like youth group in, in our house at that point. So at that point, me and Luke were in bed, I think, and you guys would have the teens from uh, this, I think from the church we were going to at the time and uh, teens from other areas like in our neighborhood too. And you guys would bring them into the house and I would hear you guys doing the the books of the Bible song. And um, That's right. Yeah, yeah, that was that was great. And the, and, and the one song, praise the Lord, <laughs> everyone. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, and and to clarify, they were actually like 18, 19, 20-year-old kids oh. that we, they were older. So they weren't just teenagers. They were more like young adult. College kinda, students. College too. students mm-hmm. kind of age group. So yeah. that so, so it looked like having people in our home, yeah. right? Singing worship songs or teaching them. We were teaching them the books of the Bible, right? Um, Didn't we get that song recorded? In some, some in drop some it right fashion. now, yeah, just like on the podcast, <laughs> yeah, somewhere it's recorded. Might be, I don't know where, but Mark yeah. So, so okay, so having people in our home, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much almost every Sunday night, late when they would come over. Um, what else did it look like that you can remember? Just living on mission and 
those relationship building Luke that you talked about? What anything else come to mind that you remember? Well, with our neighbors, I know that um, Thomas and Richie. Oh Grant, do you remember yes, them? they were they were our boys. They were they were great, and I remember specifically a time when we had the parents over. Just, I think, like, a game night, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, you know, in Ireland, most people are Catholic. That's, like, the major religion there. And so just being intentional with them, like, that's... I don't even think, like, that was something that they had even heard of. And so just... What do you mean? Like, for... In Catholicism, especially, like, in Irish Catholicism, it's really about, like, okay, you're going to a place. Sure. And that's where you're, that's where your quote unquote like religion is like that's like a lot of what gotcha. it is. Mm-hmm. And so like going to someone's house specifically to just build relationships to then like have gospel conversations is like really quote, like foreign I guess right. to them. And so like that was always something that I like looking back now like I thought that was normal, but now I'm realizing that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having neighbors over in our home for game night, whatever, anything else that come to mind? I mean, not just like, I mean, Luke mentioned Thomas and Richie and then, and John too was the other guy Mm -hmm. we hung out with a lot, but yeah, like having them over, but also just like doing casual activities with them too. Like I, or just like with our friends from school, um, just like at Hoth Road was the name of the school we were part of. And a lot of those guys wanted me to play soccer with them and just you know i part of that was you know good for you guys for seeing that as an opportunity to live on mission too but right. like i got to just play soccer with these guys and do life with these irish boys my age and just build connections with the team and um i guess you know try and be a light as best i could to them as well yeah so what i'm hearing you guys say is kind of coming this theme of building relationships right living on mission involves relationships and that means uh looks like having people in your home uh hanging out with neighbors right doing life kinds of things fun kinds of things but there's an intentionality behind that too Mm -hmm. right and the intentionality is hey we want to build this relationship with the intent that it leads to a gospel conversation anything else about just living life on on mission in ireland looking back that lessons that you're kind of pulling out from that experience, those days, I know it's hard because you were younger, obviously, but I mean, just like not hiding the fact that you're a believer too. Mm, mm, um, good. You know, I think there's a huge, a lot of people nowadays like to think it's like we're shoving it down their throats, but you know, and I think there is a, you know, a line to, to that extent. Sure. Mm-hmm. But like, that doesn't mean you have to hide who you are. Like I got baptized in Ireland and I remember we invited some of our those people that we were right. doing life with who didn't right. know christ and be like hey like you know uh, grant's getting baptized let's we'd love for you guys to come be a part of that like because this is what we believe and this is what we believe baptism is and yeah just being open about it yeah that's a good point you know to just hey be upfront about who you are as a follower of jesus so yeah so so we were in ireland for two and a half years it's really good stuff guys that you're bringing out and i think luke you even mentioned it like it, you just didn't know anything different. Like, that's just what mm. we did. Yeah. Right? But now looking back on it, you're able to look and go, whoa, okay, yeah, that's that's what living on mission looks like. Yeah. Um, well, let's transition kind of fast forward a little bit. So we come back to the States. We start this house church thing. Um, talk a little bit about that. I mean, you've now been with it within house church. And even if you count your years in Ireland... You know, you were five, you were seven or eight or whatever. I mean, you've grown up in this organic church, house church kind of setting, if you will. Um, Let's just talk about what kind of impact has house church living out this faith in Jesus in that context? What kind of impact has that had on you? I would say not seeing church as a building and as a place. It is really a people. And with house church, you really get to see that organically mm-hmm. of just the church body meeting in a living room, uh, jam-packed with kids, just talking about Jesus, having a Bible. Like it's, and it's so cool to see that. And so for me, I think that has really made the biggest impact on my life 
uh, is just a transition of looking at church as truly a body and not just a building. And the body can meet anywhere. It can meet in a living room. It can meet in a church building. It can meet in a school. It can meet wherever. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, I think for me, it's the authenticity. Just the, and I'm, this isn't to say that like non-house church based churches aren't authentic. Sure. But I think when something is organic, I feel like the authenticity is easier to pick out, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like you think when, when it comes to like produce, if something is like organic or like with, um, you know, when you're at the grocery store buying products, like if something's organic, it's going to be easier to see how authentic that product is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I think that really stirred something in me a lot, just a love for um a love for the church and like just how a realization of how important it was in my life um especially because I do remember a little bit of what the of what church life was before we did house church um I was able to contrast a little bit as well but um yeah I would say probably the authenticity and just the importance um and a general love for the church as well. Yeah, I would second that, just the importance of just being connected to the church body as a whole and and seeing that, you know, whether or not they're at a, a, in a gathering space, like your neighbors, they're like, they, they want to come meet you and you want to go meet them, and then you want to invite them back, and it's really it's a really casual thing. Mm-hmm. So they're more I would say they're more likely to go to something more casual, like like a little Bible study in your living room, rather than a, a, a public church gathering. So just that importance too of a more invitable space, if that's if, mm-hmm. if that's a word. We'll make it a word. Okay. <laughs> Inviting might work too, but invitable. Yeah. Work. I like that one. <laughs> if mom was here, she'd be getting on us <laughs> yeah. big time right That's now. True. Yeah. I like invitable better. We're going to go with that There one. are many words don't, they could have used. Don't let mom yeah, yeah. this segment. Yeah. No, but I think what you guys are saying is really encouraging because I think it's really incur- interesting for me, right, as your dad who... You know, you guys really didn't have any choice but to kind of... Kind <laughs> we of got really, dragged into it. Right, right, <laughs> Kicking dragged, and screaming. Dragged into this. But yet for you now to look back and be like, wow, yeah, it, it's completely shaped my, you know, understanding of what church is, which is the biblical definition. It is a body, right, to people. Mm-hmm. The authenticity of and that comes in just being in a smaller um, community where you, you have that intimate sharing kind of thing going on. Um Anything else? Is, is it, think about the impact of being uh, involved in a house church, organic church kind of community. How maybe how's it impacted even how you view serving the church, or how God's used it to grow you in that way? Um, I mean, with serving the church, I would think in my mind it really has made me see the importance of serving. Because in a, a small, a smaller church setting, like you may think, oh, okay, like they don't need as many servers or people to, to help out. But in reality, I feel like that ne- they need more hmm. um, because, because it's so small. I think that, you know, there's, you, you need to help out in some way, shape or form, like with setting up for our, in our house. Mm-hmm. Like that has always been something that, you know, I have just done because that's just the way we've always done things. And so seeing that as like serving the church is like really, it's like weird to say because it's just in our living room, but right. I mean, it really, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, any other thoughts on that as far as serving or using the gifts and talents that God's given you, how it's impacted you in that way? I mean, kind of building off of what I said about the authenticity bit, um, just seeing the, you know, shout out to Josh Ferguson and Michael Ferguson and um, all the worship all the worship leaders and Joseph Dickens at Living Church, but like seeing them lead worship um, with and seeing their authentic heart for Jesus, um, 
I feel like it was easier to see that because we were in a, a smaller setting at the time. And that really impacted and showed me, you know, what I wanted to do as well. And so um, when you're building relationships with in a smaller group, you're able to better build those relationships and build those connections. And through that, I was able to see their authentic love for Jesus hmm. and what they were doing and then how they were using then their gifts and abilities to, to lead worship at our church. And that was like very impactful impactful for me because I'm like, man, I want to do that. I want to be a part of that as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that helps at all. Yeah, but. absolutely. I, I think too, here's a question that comes to my mind, right? Because you guys grew up in a church setting where we didn't have a youth group. We didn't have programs, right? I mean, and so think about that for a moment. And does any, looking back, do you have any regrets about that? I want you to be honest and open. Do you have, I don't know. I mean, you know, what was that like? I mean, because when we did that, you, there, were not a, there weren't a lot of kids your age you know, but yet you were actively involved in the house church and and that kind of thing. So talk a little bit about that. I mean, what was that like? Because a lot of people say, well, you know, and you're right, we didn't have any programs. We still don't have a ton of programs. We have somewhat of a youth gathering now every every other Wednesday night. Shout out to LC Teens. Yeah. Shameless plug. (laughs) That's right. And Luke's helping lead that, um, which is awesome. So, and I might go back to just, again, you serving, right? Seeing the opportunity to serve, but think back on that, right? In the sense of there weren't a lot of programs. We didn't have, you didn't have a kid's club growing up. You I, mean, know, I don't even know what a kid's club is. <laughs> kids <laughs> what? Is that like kid's bop? <laughs> yeah. Is it like worship kid's bop? Like, is that what it is? I don't even know what that is. I <laughs> don't know what kid's bop is. We're going to wow. be here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mistake. So talk, talk about that a little. I mean, Help me understand. Like, I just wanted to be open and honest. What was that like? Because you grew up in a church setting, a situation where we didn't have the programs. I mean, there are some stuff I I think I'll, I'll miss. You know, I never really got to go to, on any youth retreats with our church, but I did get to go to a lot of youth retreats with another church. Mm-hmm. So, like, I never really missed out on that aspect because I still got to go do that. Sure. It was just finding another church to do that. And that was with, like, a lot of my friends that I went to, to co-op with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I never really felt like I missed out. Okay. Um, maybe, you know, with our church, I don't know. Like, I can't think of, like, a, like a, a retreat or, like, a kid's club uh, that I'm like, you know, if I had that, I like I would have bettered my quote unquote church experience. Sure. That's that's good. Great. Anything come to mind for you? I mean, I think part of it was again, I was slightly older than you at the time. So, you know, slightly older than Luke and I think I was kind of when we really started gathering a little more consistently. I think I was already like 11. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of already old enough to understand a bit more. So I personally like didn't uh, feel like I was neglected by not having a program. Does that, I don't know if yeah. that makes no, sense I at all. That's good. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's the right word, but like mm-hmm. I enjoyed because I was old enough to understand a lot. I enjoyed that. I was treated as such. Mm. Like I was sitting in the main gathering. I was up front almost every time we would gather together during the worship service because I was like, I, I want to be here. I want to be present. I want to plug in. I want to I want to learn. And I, I honestly kind of appreciated that I was treated, you know, I wasn't an adult, but I was still treated as someone who could understand what we were talking about and understand yeah. what we were singing about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will say, though, it helped that I had older guys pouring into me. Um, I think of Joe Aprilli, I think of Dave Loy, I think of Joseph Dickens specifically, but they, yeah. Matt James even for a little bit too. Right. Um, that, that helped a lot. Yeah, no, that's good. Well. I would say maybe it leads to that, like not having those organizations, those fun little youth activities at youth group maybe could lead to more like mentorship in a way. Maybe mm. not. But um, I've always looked at it like like accessibility. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I have access to the adult things. And I felt really challenged by that. Like I never felt like I had this crutch of 
going to youth group and then like being like having this Sunday school uh, and that kind of, you know, keeping me maybe at like a, a plateau of in my walk uh, right. and learning and understanding. And Living Church is like the first church that I really enjoyed going to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably because yeah. of age, but also like I got challenged and I enjoyed the worship and I was engaged and I never felt like I was I was missing out on anything like in the main service. I always felt like I was a, I was a part of it and a part really a part of the church too. Yeah, which I think helped. So you, yeah, less a spectator, more participant. Yeah, even absolutely. In, even in house church, one hundred percent. Like I remember, you know, when we first having house church in our home. I mean, like you said, Luke, you were you guys were helping set up, move furniture around, and set chairs up, and then back even, in my room, even though no one was going to be in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do, just I have questions about that, but that's okay. <laughs> that was just an easy excuse for mom and me to get you to vacuum your room. Maybe that that so much than a vessel, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's a good thing. Parents' house church is great because it gives you an excuse <laughs> to get your kids to clean their rooms. So anyway, so but to think of Grant like you playing music and like in the house church, right? And playing your guitar mm-hmm. and leading a couple songs. And now God's grown you in that to now be one of the lead worshipers, you know, for when our, all our house churches get together every other Sunday morning and um, yeah, all those different things. So mm-hmm. yeah, I appreciate you guys sharing that just about your experience, not having all the different programs. Yeah. Or, uh, that's really interesting for me to hear from you guys that you value looking back, you can see the value of being with the adults. Right, because even in house church, you pretty much were kept, especially Grant, because you were older. You pretty much stayed up with the adults during the the study time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, so, and even after during like the fellowship time, like right. people would stick around, but I was still staying up pretty late and hanging out. So. Yeah, and, and and it's interesting to hear you guys too say like, um, you know, that it kind of pushed or forced this mentorship of the older men in your life. You know, which sounds, you know, like a Titus 2 kind of thing, you know, which is pretty cool. And, and, and how you're able to look now and go, wow, there's guys who are maybe 10 years older than me now that really poured into me just naturally. It wasn't like someone went up to them and said, hey, yeah, whatever, you know, disciple me. But it just, it just <laughs> happened organically, mm-hmm. right? And they still are. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah there's a, coming back to that relationship piece. Mm-hmm. Right? Even like with Joseph Dickens. Yeah. Like a guy who has really always been there mm-hmm. like as a mentor. Like I am now working alongside of him with the LC teens. Mm-hmm. And like I, like that's so cool. Yeah, it is, like, it's cool it's for just, me. That's, yeah. It's so cool yeah. to see that. Mm-hmm. And just to see God putting people uh, in your path, in your Christian walk to mentor you, to then you get to help them and serve them uh, in a in a cool christian ministry that's just that's awesome yeah joseph we love you man thank you yeah joseph's getting a lot of shout outs in in this episode he's done a lot yeah it's good and he should rightfully so um anything else that comes to mind as far as just looking back and just you know not having some of those programs or ministries or whatever but that come to mind that you wish you would have had or or anything else on that no, I think honestly. Okay. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit then. Um, let me ask this question because this is one that's kind of coming to my mind as we're talking. How how has being part of this dynamic of house church, organic church, impacted your view of God? God is very personal. Okay. And right. he uses people to as I said, like mentor you and to encourage you. And I think with house church, I mean, you're, it's such a small group setting that, I mean, you get really close with people Mm -hmm. and to be able to see God and other people and the way that they're serving, like, as you said, like a a Josh Ferguson or a Joseph Dickens, Mm -hmm. there he is again, like, you know, leading worship and, and seeing you know, God through their talents and their gifts and abilities um, and just in and how, you know, people are talking to me and encouraging me and being like, I'm praying for you. It's like, that brings me closer to God Mm -hmm. because knowing that, okay, like I know that it's this person who's praying for me, but I know that it's God who put me in this person's mind to pray for me because I need it. Mm. Yeah. So you're saying that 
being involved in this has really elevated your view to see God as, as a personal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. God. Okay, good. Anything else? How else has it impacted your view of God? God loves the church, and God wants us to love the church. Um, I think about, like, before we did house church, and part of it was just my own personal walk, and I didn't really understand, but when I started recognizing, like, the importance of being a part of a local body, a local body of believers, man, like, to, to Luke's credit, like, that pushed us, that pushed me to, you know, closer to the Lord, but also, like, God uses the church, um, Obviously, I don't think we should just take a consumer. We should take a consumer mindset with you know church. Right. We should only come in to consume. But I do think there is something to be said about God using the church to encourage um, us as believers um, in the mission. And I feel like if you're not a part of that, you're missing out on something beautiful. Mm. Like I, <laughs> I'm getting a little emotional thinking about it. Um, but like Luke said this, but like living church is like the first place I was a part of that I enjoyed going to. And part of it was because just the fellowship aspect and people pouring into me and the authenticity of people's hearts that were serving. Like it was just so important and like getting to see God through that was encouraging to me to continue living on mission and to continue, um, you know, following after Jesus. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're not part of a local body of believers, you're missing out on something special Mm -hmm. that God has created. Like the church is called, I correct me, but like the church is referred to as like the bride of of Christ. Like how could you not want to be a part of something like that? And, And not just in a passive way, but like in an active way, like doing life with the people in your church attending that service with them, worshiping together. Like, that's so important, I think, in my opinion. So, sorry. I no, I, I think bit, that's but. good. And, and Luke, I'll have you follow up here in a moment, but I think it speaks to the importance of just being present mm-hmm. with with those people. So when the house church is gathering, man, when you're not there, you're, you're missing something mm-hmm. that God has for you that's beautiful. Um, yeah, Luke, what were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, Grant, you talked about just like not only having a consumer mindset. Mm-hmm. And I would say that within a house church, it gets, it's easier to, to, to be more involved and to, to really not like be the one who encourages mm. just because of the, the community aspect. Um, and I'm sure it's different for everybody, but I, I can see, you know, if there's this, you know, a really, a really big church with a lot of people, like knowing me and who, like who I am, I'd be like, you know, someone else is going to encourage them, you know, someone else will do mm-hmm. it. But in a smaller church, I'm like, who else is going to do it? Right. <laughs> you know, if not and, us, yeah. and yeah. so that has really grown me to wherever I'm at now to be like, if God's put this person on my heart to encourage, I'm going to go up and encourage them because that is like what God has called me to do and what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Anything else that comes to mind? Related to your view of God and how it's impacted your view of Him? Just God's beauty, God's um, greatness. Like, we touched on it a couple times here and there, but just, like, the authenticity of, like, the worship and authenticity of the people's hearts that were leading worship. And, like, I felt like God was able to use those people to reflect his glory and his greatness and Mm -hmm. present that to me a little bit. Um, And just like using people that like, that I knew personally, like, like Josh Ferguson is another name that's been popping up a lot. Um, Josh is a friend of mine and he's another one of the worship leaders at living church. Um, And, you know, he's one of the people that's God used um, to be like, here's a guy who's, not too much older than I am, who God is using to lead me and worship and and sing of a God who's beautiful and who's powerful and great and loving and present and what Luke mentioned, personable. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, God used that 
a lot to show me that he is worthy of worship too and that there are, you can use whatever God's given you to be a part of that of to be a, like Luke said like producing and not just jump in and you know say oh someone else will do but jump in like hey how can I serve how can I be a part of this cool thing called the church mm-hmm. yeah and I think it's interesting to remind people that what you're talking about is it's you're experiencing these attributes of God as you're in relationship with people yes right you're talking about Joseph you're talking about it because you, you know these guys personally mm-hmm. you're doing life with them you're talking with them right you're but you're also observing them mm-hmm. and their walks with the Lord mm-hmm. um, let's talk a little bit from the perspective of traditional church in the sense that um, does this does being part of house church, uh, you know, more organic church, change your view of traditional church? Does that, you know, you know, I think, you know, I'm a big believer that, listen, we need all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people, mm-hmm. right? But let's talk a little bit about, this isn't pros and cons, but mm-hmm. this is more or less just getting your perspective on the traditional church. Kick it off. Um Again, like, I'm not, I don't, like, hate the traditional church now. That's good. I'm not, like, calling for them to, like, repent of their sins. Good. And, How dare you? You know. Good. Um, good. I think what they're doing is great. Because, like, mm-hmm. they're doing what God's called them to do. Right. Not every church is called to be a, a house church. Mm-hmm. And some people genuinely thrive in that traditional church setting. Mm-hmm. Right. Not everyone is going to you know, react positively to, to that more community. Some people really do need that traditional church setting and that's okay. Like I don't, I'm not like saying like, yeah, well, they're not, they're not cool. They're not part of a house church. They're not cool. Um, it is funny cause, uh, Josh Skipper, who leads a lot of the BCM asked me this question. And at first I was like, wait, do I like maybe without knowing I like mm-hmm. have this now beef with, with traditional church. <laughs> Like I don't like it. I I can see why, you know, why they do it. Mm-hmm. I I think that it, it is it's structured, and it's it's it community, mm-hmm. maybe in a bigger setting. And they do they do offer those programs. They offer mm-hmm. the kids clubs. They mm-hmm. offer the the youth groups. They offer the retreats, mm-hmm. and that's really good stuff. Mm-hmm. And so. I'm not about to like just say, yeah, traditional churches, you know, what are you doing? But I, I really, I'm, I agree with them. You know, they're, they're doing the same thing like us, you know, they're, they're trying to spread the gospel. They're just doing it in a different way, not a worse way, just different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Grant, how about you? Um, I think the thing about traditional church that is good for people is consistency. I think there's something to be said about when there is a weekly gathering, when there is a um, of in in the same place every time. Like it does, I, I will say, it, sure, like it makes it easier for you to schedule that. Now, and I don't know, we might get to this. I think sometimes, regardless of where it is, I feel like now we're in an age where sometimes it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. like whether it's consistent or not. I think if people want to go to church, they're going to go to church, or, right? Or sorry, go to be with the church they're going to go be with the church. And if they really don't want to go be with the church, regardless of how consistent that means, they're not going to. But to the credit of traditional church setting, when it's consistent, it's easier to schedule around. So, um, and like Luke said, like there are experiences, like those retreats, like me and him were lucky enough to go on um, a few of these retreats with uh, friends of ours from, you know, high school and um, like I got to go to Passion for the first time a couple years ago. Like that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think I would have been able to, I actually know I wouldn't have been able to go if I wasn't involved with those kids and another church did not allow me to go do that. So there is something to be said about these experiences and um, the consistency. Um, I, I will say though, like I had to think about, I'm like, I think I am a little biased towards it, but I think I had to really evaluate myself. Like, why am I biased? Like, Luke said and brought up a good point. They're doing the same thing we are. I th- well, I think the right churches that are truly on um, about 
preaching the gospel, making disciples of all nations, whether they're traditional or not, they're doing the same thing we are. And they're doing the same thing a house church is going to do. Um, so I think it's just going to look a little different. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I had to evaluate myself on that. Yeah. Like I can't really be biased towards it if they're doing the same thing. I would say, like, for me, I'm the person who, if I go to a big church, I will prefer that as my first, like, my first time, like, visiting. I'll prefer that because I can get lost. You know, don't have to talk to anybody, can just kind of sit down, be ignored. Like, going to a house church for my, like, first time would be, I would hate that. <laughs> like, I'm the type of guy, I can walk into a room with people I don't know and walk right out and not be bothered by it. But I prefer a community over, like, that being lost, like, now that I'm involved. Yeah. And it pushes me to get involved because it's like, okay, well, if I'm there's only like two other kids my age. I better get to know them because, you know, that's all I got. Right. And and so I think it pushed me to to really get involved. And now like I'm super close with a lot of people and I know everyone at our church, which is, is mm-hmm. nice. And at least at least at our, our corporate gathering, I, right. I would know them. Right. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is, and I'm with you because that's my personal, I, like I, I would prefer to in my preference would be to walk into a big place and walk out. Clock in, clock out. Clock in, clock out, right? And But the house church kind of forces you to have to really evaluate, okay, hey, you know, that. but that doesn't mean just clocking in, clocking out doesn't mean you're being discipled, mm. right? And same mm. same thing can happen in a house church yeah. as well. Yeah. But, it, but yet, I think because of the dynamic and the structure of the house church and the way it is, it's really difficult yeah. to get lost, you know, in... When there's in, like 10 people. <laughs> yeah, they're going to you know you're new. open the door, they're yeah. all going to turn right. their heads and look at you. Right, right. And you're just going to yeah. have to be like, hey, I'm new here. But yeah, it's, I think it too, it, but it's really what our hearts are craving, right? Mm. Is that connectivity, is that relationship, which I think house church, I think gets gets there faster sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just my, as I'm talking it out loud, but... Um, well, let, let's, let's turn it a little bit. Let's, let's talk a, a little bit about, um, how has, you know, house church impacted just your view of mission as a follower of Jesus, just as far as what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, who's about making other disciples of Jesus. Well, I think David Platt said when we were going through Radical together, that intro video that he he always said, church, we are plan A and there is no plan B. Um, Bars. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bars. Yeah, okay. that's a typical Luke and yeah, Grantism yeah. right there is to oh, say yeah, yeah, bars yeah. after anything. I wish you anything. guys could see the look on my face right now. It's absolute disappointment. He's yeah. rolling his eyes. He's on the floor. He's yeah. rolling around. Anyway, all right, all right. Go to plan A, plan yeah, B. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's plan A, no plan B. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. Thank you. Yeah, there is no plan oh, B, remember? Yeah, got it. Bars. <laughs> um, so the whole point is like, and again, like we talked about this, living on mission doesn't always mean, hey, we're always in the streets, always preaching the gospel to people. Some of that is is being intentional with them and doing life with people. But we are still God's plan to carry out the mission to preach the gospel to people and, and to show his love to others, whether that be through catching up, grabbing coffee with somebody you know, whether it be running into somebody at the gym and saying like, hey, how can I pray for you? Um, or or sitting down and having that gospel conversation with someone. But the church is God's plan to deliver that message to to those around us and to those across across the world. Um, but I feel like with house church, you, you know, because it's not like so structured, I guess, the only structure you have is we're on mission. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, we're like, okay, we took out with house churches like, and with with living church as a whole, as a collection of house churches, we kind of took out a lot of the structure and just put one overarching theme over everything we do. And it's like, we're living on mission. And when you only have that, 
everything stems from one point and that point is mission like there's no additional points you have to go around so when it's like at your it's right in front of you the whole time is living on mission mm -hmm. so much so to the point where it's like okay if that's all you're looking at that's all you're going to be doing mm -hmm. um i don't know if that makes sense yeah. at all but i mean i would say just like as i said at the very beginning like it's about relationships mm -hmm. it's about creating that invitable setting <laughs> right and and so when we have uh, a relationship building mindset rather than just a, a I don't know, like a, a church discipleship mindset. I, like like a program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. like, like structure. Yeah. I, like it, it does something and it, it works. Like people want to, to support you if they know you. Mm -hmm. And they want to, they'll at least hear you out. And so when we look at missions um, and discipling as building relationships rather than just, you know, I'm going to tell this person about Jesus and if they say no, then I'm out and I'm talking to them for the rest of my life. Um, I had, I took an uh, evangelism class at Cedarville last semester and that like was super eye-opening just from the stance of like, if, if they're not going to heaven, where are they going? Mm -hmm. you know they're, they're right. going to hell and they're going to spend eternity in there yeah and seeing evangelism as a must hmm. not like something we should it's like something we must do yeah like it, it's not really a choice mm -hmm. and you know we we hear a lot about okay well we're i'm called to evangelism like we're all called to evangelism right and some people just do it in another country which like props to them and some people don't do it in another country. But that doesn't mean that the mission of evangelism is any less important. Right. Right. If I can build on something you said, Luke. So you talked about, like again, like how it's all about relationships. The phrase that comes to my mind is, um, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yeah. And I feel like when you're a part of something smaller um, with a house church, it's easier to get connected with people and build those relationships so that they know that you care. And you can better, when you're living on mission and just doing life with people that don't know Jesus, um, and you're just, you're like Luke said, with House Church, it's, it's very relationship focused. When it's very relationship focused and you build that relationship with them, you're letting them know that you care. So they're going to be more likely to mm -hmm. care what you know. Mm -hmm. And then that's when you go, hey, let me share with you about this guy named Jesus. And because and they're going to be more inclined to listen when they know that that you care about them. Like Luke said, like if they're not going to heaven, where are they going? Right. And it's got to come from a genuine care for mm -hmm. and love for them. Yeah, let me I want to ask you a question then and I want you to think about it for a minute. Um, I want you to think of what's what's one of your favorite things about growing up in house church? One of your favorite things, and think about that while I while I talk to those that are listening. For those of you guys listening to this episode, I want you to think back over what the boys have shared uh, the past hour or so, or however long this episode is. What's one truth that maybe bubbles to the surface for you? Maybe something that they said, or um, something from our conversation that, man, the Spirit's just really nudging you with right now. What is that? And what's an action step that you can take in response to what the Spirit is nudging you with right now? What is that? Think about that for a moment. All right, fellas, anything come to mind? What's a favorite? I mean, realistically, the first thing I thought of was just how cool it is to see when a prayer gets answered, you know. Hmm. And, I mean, you could be praying about it for a month, two months, three months, a year. And then to see it get answered, like, right in your own home is so cool. Hmm. And just seeing growth in people, too, like, it's so obvious. And And just, like, you're talking to them for weeks and weeks and weeks, and you can just see how they're growing as a person. Mm. And you can also see, you know, where they need encouragement. But you can also provide that encouragement. 
I, I just, I love the personability of house church mm. and how evident everybody's walk is with, with Christ and where you can fit in with their, in their walk. Mm. I just think that it, that's, that's so cool to me. That's great. Gee, how about you? Um, just really the relationship aspect of it. Um, yeah, I just think of all the people that we've said in this podcast already, and then so many more that, you know, poured into me. But I don't think that would have happened if we weren't a part of a, a smaller, like a micro church um, collection of house churches, whether that be in the, the main gathering we have every other week or in the house churches in our own home, um, but just people pouring into me and then people my own age too, um, just being able to grow together if when we're in the same phase of life, like even Luke, like Luke and I are, um, you know, two and a half years apart now, you know, he's basically 20, I'm 22. We're basically in the same stage of life. I may be a little Mm -hmm. further along, but like we get to encourage each other. There's an iron sharpens iron type situation. I feel like that's only amplified when you're in a, Mm. when you're in a house church, uh, smaller setting, um, like that as well. So not only the people, um, who may have been older than me pouring into me, but also the people I've been in the same phase of life with, um, whether that be Luke or people from BCM and KU, but like people, a part of our house church that are just together, we're growing and pushing each other to live on mission as well. Two final questions, right? First question is this, or not even a question. Maybe it is a question. We're going to find out at the question. <laughs> Once you say it, we'll f- I'll be able to tell you if it's a question or not. So what would you tell a parent? I want you to think that has younger kids right now about what would you in- want to encourage them with as they seek to raise their children to follow Jesus? What, what's something, you know, you've grown up now and, and you know, stage of life, 20, 22, you know, about what, what would a word of encouragement or just even maybe a challenge to parents as it relates to raising their kids in the church or house church, whatever it might be. Anything come to mind? What would you say to them? The church grind does not stop. What do you mean? Um, for your kid. <laughs> I mean, no. Uh, but like, I didn't want to go to church every single Sunday morning. Like, I may have complained. I probably did complain. And that can be really discouraging as a parent. To be like, okay, maybe I'm forcing the Bible and church down their throats and now they're just going to reject it. So maybe if I lay off, maybe they'll, they'll be more receptive. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not true. <laughs> that, that's just straight up not true. Um, it's going to be hard, but you need, you need to do it. Mm-hmm. If church is not a priority in your life as a parent, it is not going to be a priority in your kids' lives. Bars. Yeah, that's an actual bar yeah. statement right there. <laughs> right. And so, like, what are you sacrificing for church? And why are you sacrificing it? But also to encourage you that if you do, like, you know, force your kid to go to church on a Sunday morning, <laughs> like, that's going to help. And at the very least, you can look back and say they do, like, end up rejecting God. At the very least, you can, you can go back and say, I tried my hardest. Mm-hmm. I did everything I possibly could. And, you know, like, at that point, I'd be like, okay, God, kid's yours now. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Um, okay. You know, I think there is something to be said, because Luke mentioned, like, shoving it down their throats. Like, there is going to come a point where it is their decision. And I, I do think... Um, you know, there, there is a point, you know, where, where you don't want to push it so hard because there are the kids that 
do like grow up and then they because I don't even know how to explain it but like because it's been pushed so hard then they naturally then they just leave mm-hmm. entirely but so so yeah like obviously there's a point to where it is going to become their decision and there's an independence factor to that to that but also like just model it like model that you love the church model that it's a priority um not just telling them that it's a priority show them it's a priority because if they see that it's a priority you're not pushing it down their throats they're just observing what you truly believe Mm -hmm. you know if you really love the church and you're making a priority you're not just going to tell your kids you're going to go make the church your priority you're going to go make the bride of christ a priority being a part of that a priority um and so you know to also kind of like if you're a if you're a grown adult kid listening to this and you felt like your parents may have pushed this down your throat like have a little grace for your parents speaking as a firstborn who was the guinea pig um like have a little grace for them because they just want to show you if you know if they want they want you to love the church because the church is is important and the church is is beautiful um but for parents um you know don't give up on your kid um on them loving the church mm-hmm. um don't give up on them wanting to be with the church just cuz maybe when you talk to them about it they tune out if you are showing them they love that you love the church and making that a priority by how you live your life they will see that yeah that's good Last thing, and then Grant, I'll ask you to close our time in prayer. Cool. Okay. I want you to think on um, what's a word of encouragement you would give to someone listening to this today, not just a parent, but just someone. That's a, what's just a word of encouragement that maybe someone that's living in the house church, swimming in the house church stream right now, maybe struggling. You know what? What's a word of encouragement? Just Short and sweet, what would it be? Whether there are 20 people, 10 people, or 2 people that show up at a house church, God is still there and God is still working. And I have seen a house church with like 60 people, and I've seen a house church with like 5 people. Yeah. And our, we have a family of 6. So like, <laughs> you know, I've, just because they're the, the, like the numbers aren't there doesn't mean that the house church is failing. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. I don't know if I have anything after that. That's just, you can't measure how God's using the church based upon who's attending. You base it upon um, the hearts that, that are mm-hmm. being changed, whether from the, from the impact those in your house church or those in your church are having on others or from the impact that's coming towards the people that are in your church that that god is having in those that are a part of your your church already um yeah that's um yeah and then like i said earlier just you know for anybody like like i i've I've said this i think this is the third time but church is the church is beautiful Mm -hmm. you are i cannot stress enough to you listening the church is important and you are missing out if you are not a part of a church. And I know part of that is it's going to take work to find the church that God wants you to be a part of, the mm-hmm. place that God really wants you to be a part of. Maybe it's maybe it's the church that's 30 minutes away from you. Maybe it's the church that's like right next door. But don't miss out on being a part of the impact um, of the bride of Christ and being a part of the mission that God has given to the church. Um, and just being a part of that community and the blessing that it can be to your, to your life as well. So don't miss out on the opportunity that is the church. I love you, boys. I love you, too. I love you, too, Dad. Very proud of you. Yeah, thanks. Pretty cool to have you in here. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty dope. It's like bro talk. Yeah, sure. <laughs> this is good. It's been good. What you guys <laughs> have said is shared has been really, cool. really encouraging and challenging to me personally. So, um. Love you guys. Grant, pray for us, buddy. Absolutely. Dear God, I thank you for the church. Um, 
God, I'm, I'm so blessed to just be a part of that. Um, you are using the church, God. We are, um, as David Platt said, the, the church is plan A um, to bring um, the gospel to those around us and to those um, across the world and other nations and to those in our neighborhoods. Um, God, I pray for those listening. I pray that um, just something, God, I, I really hope that something that I said, something that Luke says, some dad said, God, I pray that you would just use this podcast to to minister to those listening, um, whether they're a parent or um, a pastor or um, a follower, disciple of you. Um, God, I pray that you bless them um, and let them know that they are loved. Um, and God, I pray that you would just encourage us and push us closer to you um, to get to know you um, more um, and push us closer to your church. God, continue to increase our love for the church. Um, increase the, the love for the church in those who are listening, increase the love for the church in our hearts. Um, but God, we thank you that we get to be a part of this, that you've given us the church to be a part of, to encourage us, and um, that you've given us an opportunity to be a part of something really beautiful. Um, so we thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Um, and I pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening and joining us in the living room today. If you found today's conversation helpful, pass it along. You can find episodes of our Living Room Podcast conversations at living-church.com or anywhere you find podcasts that matter. Until we meet again here in the living room, make much of Christ, make disciples living the mission of Christ, and multiply churches for the glory of Christ. Yeah. All right. Cool. Hi. I'm uh I'm Grant, there you go. and I'm the cool son, <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's because I came first. So they got it right the first time, and then they yeah. <laughs> you moved on. <laughs> Luke, what do you have to say to that? I thought the saying was always like first was worst, second was the best, or the first shall be last, and the last yeah, shall be first. I right? I don't know about that one. Yeah. But so we'll nice, see. Nice try, bud. Nice yeah. try. Yeah. Well, no, it, it was a nice try. And then it, <laughs> then it worked out really well because they got me. <laughs> Four years of yeah. work went into this. We went with Grant first. We were like, mm, let's Not go good again. Enough. Let's try another one. I think the fact that they had to have three more <laughs> says a lot. <laughs> says, a, says about the first, says yeah. a lot about the first two, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. No, I'm the... You guys here okay? Yeah. 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 I'm good. Cool. Yeah. It's good.